Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hi, this is Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, which I purchased because I love a determiner. FamilyPetAncestry.com, because I think it's funny. Uh, they all go to uh, either DorkForest.com or JackieCation.com. The credits, let's do them. Mike Rickberg composed and sang the intro song, sang it with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. He will sing the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program again with lyrics that he made up. That's right. Patrick Brady, go to fix this audio, thank God. And uh, Vilmos fixes my website. So if you ever need a website design, talk to Vilmos. His link is in the notes. Merchandise. If you were to want stuff, you'd go to JackieCation.com. You'd go to the store. You could get CDs. I have three CDs, all, well, two of them critically acclaimed. The first one, just okay, just okay. But if you're a completist, you can get all three for a deal. And there's domestic prices and international prices. My last CD, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, also available as my first ever DVD. It is only available as a DVD right now because I'm in the process of trying to sell it to somebody, uh, to have it streamed somewhere for free. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to sell it on some website, and then you will know about it. Both This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux and It's Never Going to Be Bread, my last two albums, top ten comedy albums of the year. Bread was top 10 on Amazon for the year it came out, which was 2010. And Horcrux, top five on Vulture.com last year. There's also t-shirts. You can get Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt. You can get a, the regular The Dork Forest t-shirts. And you can get the new Spooky Reading Girl t-shirt, which is a reference to one of my newer jokes on the newest album. So they're all union-made here in the United States of America, so they run big. Take that into account. Shipping is included. And I can ship them domestically or internationally as well. On JackieCation.com and TheDorkForce.com, there's a donation button. If you enjoy the program, I would love you to donate. You can give me $10 a month for 10 months. Uh, or you can give me $100 a year all at once. Or you can give me whatever you'd like because it's a donation button. But uh, I would appreciate that if you have it. It would be great. It is used only for good. If you don't have any money, that's fine. You've done what you can. The uh, There's an Amazon banner on JackieCation.com on the right-hand side above a video of me doing stand-up comedy, I believe. And you click on that banner. You go to Amazon. You order like normal. And Amazon sends me some money for what you order. It doesn't cost you extra. I just get a little kickback, so I appreciate that. On JackieCation.com, there's also a tour, tour page, lots of different places to watch me do stand-up comedy. There's a new thing going on besides Spooky Reading Girl t-shirt, which is a new t-shirt that you can buy. I am going to do the live episodes as premium episodes, so they will cost on Bandcamp, the dorkforest.bandcamp.com. And they'll be two bucks. And that's just to defray the cost of the live ones. There's only going to be a handful a year. And it's two bucks. You, you got two bucks. You're good. And always know in your heart that there will be at least 52 episodes of free ones every year on iTunes and all that stuff. If there's a problem, if you have any issues or anything ever with the show, or if you just want to say hi, my email address is Jackie at JackieCation.com. Enough of this. Let's get into the show. It's a good one. 
Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Uh, welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm here with uh, a very funny comic, Los Angeles-based gentleman, Mr. Eli Olsberg. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the program. You have that uh, that show that I like to do in the Dirty Bookstore. That's right. You're, you're, due, for, you're due for it again. I'm due to come back. It's just in the, but it's in the front area where all of the Bachelorette stuff is. Yeah, it's funny because when you say Dirty Bookstore, people are picturing like where Books. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like guys with like, in like coats and hats coming mm-hmm. in discreetly. And it's like, it's like a for her shop called the Pleasure Chest. <laughs> It is a for her shop. Very much so. It's oh, like that's totally designed. That's that's the benefits of West Hollywood. Like right. they, that's the only place that would exist. Like like in the valley or yeah. in oh, down. <laughs> not not far from this very this very Van Nuys uh, thing. There's probably a for him. Very much oh, for yeah. him. They're all for him. They're, the They're, rest of them are all for him. Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the pleasure chest. Yeah, which is kind of a fancy, and it has kind of a a super kind of dark gay. Uh, oh yeah, hitting area. Absolutely. That yeah. I went into and then turned right around. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's very. The store has its. It's sectioned very well. It is very nice. If you don't want to go in a section, you're good. Yeah, and and the and uh, this. There's even different registers. Yes, there's you two separate registers. Yep. The, and the higher up you go. The more compl- complicated it gets, the more yes. like like deep into the into very the very serious, very serious about sex stuff. Which your is your needs are greater than those yeah. of a dick straw. Climbing, yes, exactly. It's it's literally climbing a financial ladder. Uh, <laughs> oh right, because like everything gets a, it's so expensive that it gets yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I did not. I I didn't even think about that, but that oh, makes yeah. sense. If you want something special, you you have to pay for it. It's man. it's an investment. That's what it is. It's, it's yeah. an investment. The business of an orgasm is <laughs> expensive. And you know what? You could charge almost anything for an orgasm. People, yeah. If you're quite honestly, if you could guarantee me an orgasm, I will give you seven hundred dollars. Of course, I would too. I, right? That's you're just you. like, how would you guarantee that? This is why credit card debt exists and stu- and student loans, and but. St- <laughs> I love the idea that student loans are entirely based on an orgasm-based uh, economy, <laughs> and uh, and that's why the right wing doesn't want to pay for student loans. Exactly, is because they're not going to pay for your orgasm, asshat. Right, or or you're going to have to pay interest, a lot of interest. <laughs> I think mine was, uh, oh, I'm not even going to tell you because if, if people have uh, student loans out there, they don't want to hear my stupid 80s interest loan. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I had 11 grand in, in debt. Second of all, it was 8.9% financing. Wow. I would have guessed that the decimal point didn't even, didn't even, there wasn't a number in front of it, but right. below it in oh, the 80s. Like a 0.89? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. And then I defaulted and then they, uh, but I, the, then I figured it out. I didn't, de- cause you can't default, really. People, there was an article about how somebody yeah. purposefully defaulted on their student loans and you're like, you can't, you can say that you're, you can just say that you're not paying this year. Right. What I did for three years, I didn't pay cause I moved here. Right. And ran out of money. And I was like, well, you can put a lien on my non-existent job, but best of luck. And then yeah, I actually yeah. re, and I tried to negotiate that. I, I told him that I, this is a fascinating story. No, I'm actually, I'm because I'm, I think this is a problem there? for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm not like there in terms of, um, uh, like where it's it's weighing me down and I can't, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm still making ends meet with it. But I've sure. definitely done a forbearance here and a and a hiatus there where I couldn't okay. pay because it, what it's what you're saying. I figured out that they want to work with you. They're not right. against the idea of you not, but you know, if you show that you've paid at some point or that you, can, I mean, eleven grand. I seriously paid on it for twenty years. 
Yeah, and that's so, and that, they don't care. No, and then they usually after what the twentieth year they forgive it, right? Isn't no, the, no, oh, they never, they never do forget that, it. That's a new, uh, I think the it's only, an Obama thing. Oh, because the only way you can get out, when when I was doing it, the only way you could get out of it was to die, <laughs> and uh, and I was I was unwilling to fake my own death. Sure, but I I did do. It was the year that I uh, I moved to Los Angeles, and my roommate was like, "I don't understand why you're still paying off your credit cards." I don't understand why you're still paying your student loans. Why are you paying any of that? You don't have any money. And I was like, yeah. well, because I'm a citizen of the, I don't want to be a burden on society. And, uh, and she was like, yeah, you're, yeah, but you're going to be eating cat food. What are you? And I was like, right. cat food's expensive. She's like, we're still eating out of the 99 cent store. So yeah. don't. And so I genuinely bailed. I bailed on my credit cards. I bailed wow. on my student loans and I didn't pay them. For like five years and didn't have a credit card for five or seven years or something like that. And then I met uh, Andy Ashcraft and uh, he had a, a gainful employment and he was like, well, we're going to get, you know, married and we're going to, I was like, you need, and I had this shitty car from 1989. Yeah. It's like, it's a death trap. Please get a new car. And I was like, well, I couldn't get a student loan. I couldn't get a loan. Right. And so I, I picked up a gig in Australia that paid a fair amount of money. And I, when I came home, I called uh, all the collection agencies and I was like, is there a deal? And there was totally a deal. Oh, and so interesting. I, and so I paid it all off. And then about six months after that, I bought a car and my, my credit rating, because I had paid off all the collection agencies and I, at that time was back to paying my student loans. Um, my credit rating was <laughs> like through the roof. It, it was crazy. It built, it built that quickly. Well, it did because, um, because seven years had gone by since I oh, since I stopped, interesting. and six months had gone by since I had paid off like right, right. The, like yeah, I yeah. think I owed something like fifteen grand on my credit cards, and I gave them four thousand dollars. And then they just called it, and they they called. They were like, "We'll take it. We'll take it and go." Wow! And it was like a dime on the dollar. It was That's weird. A, you know, I have, <laughs> I only have made it. Only one of my loans of any kind. It wasn't even a loan. Got turned to um, a collection agency. Okay, and it was eBay. Oh, weird. And because the reason it happened was it was like a $60 fee for um, a laptop that I sold. Okay. And my, I forgot that my debit card had gotten replaced. Oh. But I didn't know for because it got stolen or something. And then like six months later, I just got a notice. eBay was like, well, we shut down your account and um, you it's, know, going, into it's going to collections. Yeah. And that apparently affects your credit. Right. And it turns out you are quite an adult. Well played yeah. for that to be the thing. Yeah, I know. The only I, thing. I'm so boring. But I'll tell you, the only good news is about the student loans thing is that they wanted me to pay $140 a month on my student loans. Oof. And I couldn't. Right. And I said, what I can't afford is 100 bucks a month. And she said, we'd like 140 And I said, I didn't actually make up 100 out of no, out of yeah. thin air. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's an actual number. Right. Uh, <laughs> that I budgeted. And she was like, well, we need 140 And so, for a year, we went back and forth, and then uh, a new person took over my account, and I said, I can give you $100 a month, and the guy goes, fine. And oh, so, so it's the person. It was the person, oh. and I should have just kept sending 100 bucks a month yeah, for that year. absolutely. But I uh, I was like, oh, I guess they don't want it. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Of yeah, course they want they, it. They do, yeah, yeah. they want it. So so that is my recommendation, you guys. Just send them whatever That's, you can afford, and, and then they can't actually get mad at you. And one, one plug of a book that yeah. is great about this, Chris Hardwick wrote that book, The Nerdist Way. Yeah. Uh, there's a great section in there about repairing your credit. Really? Yes. Because he, I've I've wanted to, you know how you want to read people's books. Yeah, it's I you know I them. loved his book. I thought it was great. I I got from it from start to finish. From start good? to finish. Yeah. Excellent. I, and he sections it well. He even has one chapter like where he talks about addiction, and he's like, "This may not pertain to you, so feel free to skip it." You know, he mm -hmm, has like a mm -hmm. lot of. It's broken into very nice little small pieces, 
And there's just one whole thing about repairing credit because he had like really destroyed his credit during a, a kind of yeah. a dark period in his life. And mm-hmm. he had made all this money and lost it. And so he tells you how to use like Mint and all these different apps. And like, you know, the book. Wow. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think he wrote the book like four years ago. So yeah. it's. So it's probably most of available it's, at a used bookstore yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and it's still probably most of the stuff from what I remember is still pretty relevant to that. But a lot of it was him writing to credit companies and like collection agencies saying, please take this charge off the, uh, you know, like yeah. trying to, it's basically him saying, you don't have to wait seven years to clean up your credit. Okay. So big plug on the, on the nerdist there. As long, as long as you're, as long as you're proactive. Yeah. He's saying it won't always work, but it, it, it was for him. It. it, yeah, it definitely was like a, a slow build and it's like a nice victory, but yeah. he also like has that kind of dr- like drive where he breaks. The, I feel like he's perfect for something like that. Yeah. I, his even it's funny to me that he had lost all that money because you know he did singled out yeah. and then he did shipwrecked yeah or ship whatever shipmates. It was, shipmates yeah and both of those shows were terrible but right. uh, they paid a lot of money a buttload of money yeah. and uh, I remember running into him in New York when he was still drinking and he was doing shipmates in New York and he was a disaster of a human being <laughs> and I ran into him and uh, I had I had stopped drinking myself a couple of years earlier mm-hmm. and I was like but I always liked him because he was super he's always yeah, been he's super a great funny guy. and a great guy so I was just hanging out with him at the bar and not drinking and just having a soda just hanging out and he was like so you're not, you're not drinking. <laughs> I was like, what's going on, man? You kind of look like I never bring it up, uh, yeah. but I just, I said, what's going on? And he was like, I gotta figure something out. And, and I was so happy when he did. I was like, well, you can always yeah. call me if you need to call anybody and it's say, a- I, I'm trying not to do something. And he, and he did, from what I remember actually in the book, he talks about, he did it without meetings. Yeah. He does. He never went to me. He's not, he said it just didn't work for him. And yeah, and, I think he tried, but he didn't like him. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, meetings, do, do you, if you, if I don't know if I'm like, well, I don't, I mean, I go, I go to, um, I go to all kinds of meetings and I do okay. go to AA meetings. Yes. Okay. So I, uh, you know, I know some people like to keep, I just, well, in my, anon- I don't normally break my anonymity, but I don't think it's any huge mystery. Cause I, okay. uh, Rangers, I am not your role model. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm your role model in other things, but, uh, if I start drinking again, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. Uh, I'm just trying to keep it together. Fair enough. That's, there you go. Uh, yeah. I, well, you know, he, I, that's get, why you're supposed to be anonymous. He, so that if, if I were to drop off the deep end, right, it's, people are like, well, see, look, it, it doesn't work. And you're like, well, it, she fucked up or yeah. she stopped going or she stopped doing something. And right. also relapsing is, a thing that, that people, any number of people have done, people, and then come back to, and, and people figure do that out with, their lives again. That's that's what a diet is. People relapse off diets. You oh know, my that's God. Not... you know what they say about OA is that you got to take that tiger out three times a day, man. Oh. With AA, you can just stop drinking, <laughs> but with OA, you got to eat, man. Yeah. You got to eat. That is that's a tough one. It that's is a way tough tougher. One. That's like a gray zone. But I I feel like the I guess the reason I brought it up was I understand certain people who I feel like the people who don't gravitate towards AA are the people who can. Def- are structured well on their own. Like the issue isn't the. It's a mystery why some people like it and some people don't. Yeah. I don't know about that. Really? Some people say that it's 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 willpower, and some people say it's not. It could never be willpower. And uh, from what yeah, I've I can't seen, see of it the being... mo- yeah. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, but uh, from, from what I've seen of almost almost all humanity we're just a pile of loners man yeah we are a pile of loners. absolutely and to gather in any sort of a group you know and some people are yeah. like it's a cult and i'm like yeah, people compare it to religion a lot they care but, but, and you're like you don't have to have and yeah but people compare improv to a religion people are like oh those oh, people wow. who do improv they're all sucked into this improv world and you're like tina Fey said it best she said if it's a cult 
uh, it saved my life. So I don't know sure. what your yeah, cult yeah. has done for you lately, but my cult yeah. uh, helped me find the best friends I've ever had in my life. People, people feel excluded. That's, that's the way with it. the word cult, you feel excluded. And so it's, <laughs> people get really self-conscious about it. Right. It's very and, silly. And if there's a fair amount of money that's crossing hands, I mean, I can see mm-hmm. why you would hate it. With AA, there is not. Uh, with improv, there's hundreds, tens and tens of dollars. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's. As a, if you're in a group, I remember I took a, an improv class like five years ago and I remember like when we did group sessions outside of it, mm-hmm. the instructor charges like 60 bucks between everyone in the group. That's five dollars a piece. Like there's right. no, you, you don't ever hand over the five dollars you're like here you go you thief you know right. it's not it's not a no one cares right right it's it's never it's not a th- you're like oh wait someone has to pay for the space right right, right. uh but let's talk about your dorkdoms yeah. which are plentiful eli olsberg which is by the way at eli olsberg on twitter and instagram and tumblr and if uh and you're going to be doing the vans warped tour this summer All which summer. is stand up and music and i assume skateboarding it used to be uh, now they, it's they just music and now it's mostly yeah it's music. This is the first year they're doing the comedy tent, so I'll oh, be there with awesome. uh, Dave Ross. Will be there for, oh, for a few Dave days. Ross? Yeah, the young right. Dave Ross, mm-hmm. the um, Sandy Danto. Okay, the middle aged Sandy. No, he's the young. I, I don't know. I don't know Sandy Danto. Um, uh, who else is going to? Oh, Beth Stelling. Best Stelling. I yeah, know Best Stelling. Full, so sure. it'll, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. That, and th- well, that's nice. That's a yeah. good show, by the way. It, it, uh, yeah. It's, and they're going to be kind of split up. All the dates are, um, I'll be on the full tour, but, uh, but Beth and uh, Dave will be, yeah, yeah, they'll be there for like 12 days at a time. If you go to vanswarptour.com, you'll see dates and who's which, at which show. Who's coming to whatever. And yeah. it's 42 cities or 20 uh, 40, cities? 41 or, or 42. Yeah. That's crazy so it's, it's covering most of the country. Eight of those dates consist, like, Three states are take up like four dates a pop. Like like California takes up four dates. Oh okay. Florida takes up four dates. I could do with less in Florida <laughs> as we all could. And uh, but you know what? We all. I sometimes I think we have to go to Florida to give look, them hope. I'm from Florida. Oh, are you? From- and I'm also I. I <laughs> I give hope oh, that you, you can go. get out of there. Uh, you know, I, it does help when you when you when when you slam a state to say, oh, and by the way, I grew up. There. I grew up there, yeah, and that is where I'm from. But you know, it's one of the few where you don't brag. Like, it's not a brag. That's why you right. don't. You know, and uh, though another comic brought up an interesting point where he's she had told me she's like, well, you still you lived a mile from the beach, like. Wouldn't you rather be in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a mile from the beach than like somewhere in Kansas near a lake that might not be there yeah. in a few years? And yeah. I was like, that's a fair argument. Fair enough. Uh, if, right. And the thing is, is we all get nostalgic. I did an episode a couple, a couple episodes ago with Maria Tornberg. Uh, you're of an age. You might have seen Super Trooper. Oh yeah, of course. In 2001? Yeah. Uh, Maria Tornberg, uh, played the hot German, uh, lady in oh, police. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I built a print of that. I worked at a movie theater. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Did and I, I, that's back when we still did, they did things on 35 millimeter. Yeah. Um, which has now become like a, a, a vintage, a nostalgia thing in, sure. here in LA. Like vinyl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you won't really outside of LA, New York, very rarely does it show up in other cities now, but, uh. What does build a print mean? Uh, so movies, and this is, do you, you, in Fight Club, you know, he switches out the reels. Okay. To, to, yeah. But so it's not like that's, way old that okay. even even when fight club came out that was already like antiquated a movie comes on separate reels right and you have two projectors and you have to time it correctly so that it there's no yeah so that's what they and did up until yes yeah yeah and so the noise the noise stuck oh the, the noise, noise never left <laughs> <laughs> but the the style did it became one projector Okay. And it was uh, put on a platter. So you'd take like eight reels, splice them together using like a, a special tape, and then you thread it through this platter and it goes oh, okay. all one, you know. Oh, and the, oh, and you can make them together. Is yes. that called making a print? 
Building a print. Building a print. Yeah, and then and then breaking it down. Oh, okay. That's, oh, putting it back. Yeah. Okay. And so the distributor can pick it up, and then sometimes they would recycle them. Sometimes they would just archive them. My brother worked in a movie theater in the early 80s or late 70s or whatever, and he was assistant manager or some darn thing during college. And he said they took all of the trailers, all of the previews, and they melted them down for silver and had a party. Uh, with all the money. <laughs> that almost sounds like a, wow, that's very like... Well, uh, it's, it's a very Cation-like moment. It's yeah. It's a disappointing Cation because you think about it and you're like, <laughs> you mean that you took the trailer for Raging Bull and yeah. uh, you melted it down? Yeah, and, and you, he was like, you sold it like a prospector? Right, and then you bought a case of Huber, which was $3 a case, <laughs> and that included the deposit. Uh, so you're a crazy man. Uh, that's, that is very... You know, and print, trailers you can find very cheap on eBay. A lot of people like to take them so they can like splice, like a take a single frame and like put it on a oh like on a picture. Oh, nice. Oh, oh like uh, cells. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So like people do that, and uh, so print trailers you could still find, and they're usually in pretty good shape, depending yeah. on how often they they played them. But yeah, because they would just send they could, they're like you know the size of like a little like they could fit in your hand. Oh, they were more like coaster size. Yes, exactly. But like picture like five coasters stacked, and that's what a, that's what a, a oh, okay. trailer looked like. Yeah. Now it's all. They, someone comes with a computer hard drive and programs it, and pro- oh. projectionists can't even touch them. Oh, they give them the, they can touch the house lights and the sound. That's usually the only things they can. Uh, I'm glad that's a union job. Yeah, uh, it, it is still a union job. It is. Ar- ArcLight um, had union project projectionists uh, protesting uh, a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, when they were showing they were showing something on seventy millimeter, and I, maybe they didn't use a union projectionist. Also, oh, ArcLight is co-owned by Scientologists. Oh, I did not know that. Pacific Theaters has like an, which owns ArcLight has a. That's a full um, disclosure, you guys. Yeah, this is uh, like, I might be, I might be like blacklisted or put on a suppressive person list. Let me tell you about Eli Olsberg, guys. He talks about the big issues. We've already yeah. talked AA and now he likes to out Scientology. Scientology and the, and one more yeah. while we're here, the yeah. land, the landmark education. <laughs> um, do you know, do you know what that group is? Landmark is that some sort, that was another sort of. It's like RC Cola Scientology. Like okay. it's, it's, it's like a light version of it where, right, where, where right, you go on these like retreats. A... Oh yeah. And they talk you through stuff. Yes. It's, it's motivationally, but yeah. it's also supposed to be spiritual if I remember yes, correctly. Yes. And it breeds disgusting people as a result for some reason. They're Are they smug? Very smug, narcissistic, very judgmental. Um, such a lot of work to be, I mean, the thing is we're all be, born yeah. smug and narcissistic. You spend your entire life working yeah. away from that and you're like, no, this is going to totally validate every they, shitty thought you've ever had. Yeah. Cause they think they're, <laughs> they think they're telling it like it is that, that oh. kind of, you know, they're like, like, well, we need to be honest and help you build as a person. And mm. realistically, all they're doing is just like, they're like people's they, mothers. They, yeah. They're like a message board come to life. <laughs> it's like disgusting, but they, um, have stake in cafe gratitude. So if you ever go, if you ever go on vegan, if you're not going clear and you're going vegan. <laughs> <laughs> and Cafe Gratitude is some sort of restaurant here in the Los Angeles area? It is. I believe it's also in San Francisco and oh, a few it's a other bit places. Of a chain. Yeah, like a small regional chain, but they're, um, they, And their they, name is Cafe Gratitude? And it's all vegan. Joe Mandy, it, um, has a great joke about him on his album. JoeMandy.com, you guys. That's M-A-N-D-E. Right. Yep. If I, I don't have my own website, but he has his. Let me tell you right now. Um, <laughs> Joe Mandy, very funny. What, what is. is it? He, uh, it's a vegan restaurant, but, but all the names of the, um, menu Menu items are like I am divine. That's a kale salad. You know, I am wow. spiritual, and you—that's how you have to order them. I there's there 
Uh, there's a tiny bit of uh, middle-aged white lady rage that makes me want to burn that to the there's ground. There's a lot of white guy rage. That... <laughs> yeah, the thing is, is you get called on it. They, I, yeah. would, I, I would be such a unique animal is to be middle-aged white lady if I just got like a couple of AK-47s <laughs> and started taking people out. People would be like, well, we've expected this for yeah. thousands of years. Why yeah. has it never happened? Yeah, it's just that's what happens in a patriarchal society. <laughs> it's gonna, it's you push. Finally, she's feminism. gonna push back. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's the it's the rise of Jackie Cation anger management. So you watched all of T.J. Hooker. I need to talk about this. Absolutely. Because I don't even remember T.J. Hooker. So what is it? Okay, T.J. Hooker a- was a show with William Shatner post Star. Right. Well, I post-star- I mean he's still doing the Star-Star. Star Trek movies, but right. yeah, because that was a, it was a series. Yes, and it started I believe the same year Wrath of Khan came out, which was eighty two. Khan, yes, and my actually my favorite line is. From that is when Richard, uh, Ricardo, Richard, Richard Montalban. You like to call him Rick. Yeah, yeah, Ricky, old Ricky. <laughs> and, uh, he said, uh, he just says this line where he says, he tasks me. And uh, I just something about how he says that. He, he like, tasks puts, me? Like yeah, T-A-S- yeah, because they're like, they're like, we've, we've already won. Why, why are you still going after Kirk? And he just oh, puts right. up a finger and he goes, he tasks me. And uh, then he goes, uh, gives like a real Shakespeare monologue right, about, right. about running the rings of, of a, of a, sp- Something that's like hell, a planet that's like hell before yeah. he, and to make sure that Kirk dies. Okay. Like a slow and painful death. Right, right. He, ta- he tasks me. That does, it sounds like sort of a very British kind of, uh, like yes, slam. But delivered with that, mon- you know, that, that Corinthian leather, sure. <laughs> Montalban speak and like. Right. That is a fantasy island. He's yep. going to get him. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh oh, so, so but, sorry, TJ Hooker. Yeah. So William Shatner did that and he plays a beat cop. Um, just a regular beat cop. Yep. And he, uh, Police procedural? Sergeant Hooker. Yeah, it was a procedural with uh, Heather Locklear. Really? As it, his love interest? No, as oh. one of his. So it was a police academy that he he would bring. He had a young partner played by Adrian Zemed. Okay. And um, uh, what's the other? And then Heather Locklear was paired with. She, they didn't come along until the second season. The first season was only like six or eight episodes. Okay. And the pilot was a backdoor pilot. It was like a two-hour thing where he's dealing with a couple of recruits. Okay. And then they decide to bring in another uh you know more sure. they, they kind of found their voice yeah and so they <laughs> flesh out the, the the ensemble yeah first. and the it was an aaron spelling show oh yes All so right, it was then. very it definitely dealt with the fantasy aspect of being a police officer sure because he is not he is he, and also did aaron spelling do love boat and fantasy island he did i feel like he did right he did love boat i don't know if he did fantasy island i think he did and then i know he did charmed Oh and yeah, so, yeah, that was and way. Then yeah. Melrose Place. I mean, so in the middle of all that, T.J. Hooker. T.J. Hooker. Yeah, how many that was seasons? T.J. is four. There are four seasons. Yes. Yeah, so the first season was very short. Um, it was on, I believe, ABC. Okay. Up until season three, which was the best season. Um, okay. And then the fourth season, it got moved to CBS as their. Um, they had a late night. They had a Sunday night series where it was like they, they would be they would be feature length. It would be like ninety minute episodes. Oh, okay. And I believe they lost, uh, they lost Heather Locklear and Adrian Zemet, I believe. I, they lost like, no, no, Adrian Zemet, I think was still there. I think they okay. lost Locklear. But they, okay. the fourth season, I'm a little rusty on, but that was, it was much shorter and the episodes were longer. That's okay. what I remember about it. And it, what was great about it was he lived in the Safari Inn in Burbank. In Burbank, he lived in the Safari yeah, Inn, he had which is a, a motel yes. on Burbank Boulevard. Yep. And he got a, uh, on oh, Olive. It's on Olive? Yes. Okay. And he, uh, which it got more popular when True Romance came out. Okay, with the movie. Yes, okay. they now have a uh, an annual True Romance fest there. 
Oh, wow. Then they screen the movie and Bronson Pinchot shows up because he's the only one who's <laughs> like, I really need the money, apparently. <laughs> if you guys have a couple grand, that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be a okay. lot of fun. So he... Uh, he lived at the Safari Inn. He had a, a lot of disposable income um, for, for, a, for a beat yeah, cop. For a beat cop, that was a, he was a sergeant, and uh, wow. especially at an academy, I don't feel like there's that much more money involved. But he no. he knew the Beach Boys apparently because he's basically so it was a Beach Boys episode. Yes, at the end of the episode, they go to a Beach Boys concert, and it's clearly B roll footage for a little while, and then they have one shot of uh, I don't remember if it was Brian. Someone, one of the, one of them just goes, this goes out to our friend TJ Hooker. And they were all, and, wow. and then it just cuts back to him and the three of them like, oh my God. Wow. How does he know TJ? Yeah. But if you think about it, cops in LA, man, they, know, they yeah, probably they know, know every, people. Every, and then they did, um, in the third season, one of my favorite episodes is called Hollywood Star. Okay. Um, and it is a backdoor pilot starring Sharon Stone. This was before she had done anything, I believe. I don't think she had done anything. Yeah. And she, if you watch the beginning, I mean, the episode, the credit sequence finishes, and then there's this entire musical number of her walking up Hollywood Boulevard. It clearly looked like another credit sequence. Right. Like she was walking into her own program. Yes. And her name was, I believe... Her her name was Danny Starr was the character's name is why it was called two R's yeah yes very good only hope that is yep Uh, uh, what I'm hearing from this tale is that uh, T J Hooker was a vehicle for Aaron Spelling to meet blonde women that he wanted to then put in other programming pretty much Heather Locklear went on to Melrose Place place, yep and I don't know. I mean, she went into movies. Sharon Stone, uh, Sharon yeah, Stone, yeah. She like like the late eighties really blew up for her. With right, movies. she was a big deal in the in the film industry. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I remember it distinctly, but not enough. Uh, but <laughs> wow, so that's crazy. Did she have a sitcom, or did she have an hour? It, it, it never went. It never spun off. It never I looked into, Yeah, I looked into it as much as I could. And the friend that I watched this with, the friend and I would schedule watching these, so we watched them over the span of a year. Okay, and uh, he was so obsessed with the Hollywood star theme song that he found it on YouTube, ripped it and put it on his iPod <laughs> and would like listen to it at the gym and stuff. It oh, was nice. like, yeah, he was really into it. And the way we found it was, um, through a uh, universal HD because I got that satellite money. He does not me. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Univer- he, which is, a is what is universal HD? It's a, it's just like a, you know, if you have direct TV or oh, any okay. of those, it like, uh, it's just a, a, an HD channel for, uh, okay. that just shows movies. A lot of it's uncensored and it's HD. Yes. Always. Oh, and it, it <laughs> and they, they also, I, I feel like this is now a thing with uh, movie channels. They've started showing TV shows. Oh, the, okay. The Sundance channel shows law and order. Oh, weird. You know, because that's independent cinema if I've ever seen it. Right. Well, they all morph into something else. Yeah. Like, I remember when Arts and Entertainment first started out. Yeah, that's a great example. Else. It was, and yeah. And now, if I remember correct, I mean, even the freaking Food Channel, if there is an actual They food need to start original programming right now. Uh, <laughs> There's, there's, I think they, they had a spinoff and it's food TV. And then that had yeah. recipe shows on it for a while. Mm-hmm. And now even that is all full of contests. I, I mean, it, what is it? Home and Garden has like a huge flip this house market. Right, right. Like, and, it, yeah, it doesn't feel like uh, there's a lot of gardening tips. Nope. Uh, but I will tell you what does create. I don't know if you've ever seen the PBS no. channel create. No. And they say it in that tone. Create. <laughs> it's channel 58 here in, uh, in Los Angeles. And there are four channels. 58-1, 58-2. Of course. And following along. Me and my antenna. Even, even and antennas now are breaking it down with the points. Totally breaking it That's down. That's crazy. It is. And that one has, uh, like there's sort of, it's essentially the poor man's travel channel, the yeah. poor man's food channel, the poor man's HGTV. And then, um, 
And so create is all, um, travel and food, food stuff. You know, it's funny about PBS stuff. It mostly ends up on Netflix now too. Oh, does it? Yeah. A lot of those, like the director's series that they did on PBS. Oh, like, kind of the better stuff? Or yeah, kind of yeah. The... No, some of it's really good. Some okay. Of, uh, you know, a lot of it might. I, I think... wish the Roosevelt's would show up on Netflix because I didn't get to see them all. It could be there. It could. Well, you know, no, I checked. Oh, you done this? Yeah, because yeah. they like should sometimes. Uh, you know, they'll release a list of what they're putting out for the month. Okay, but it's usually more high profile stuff because they want people to know that that's right. there. But I, 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 they always tack on a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Always that you, you like and things that they pulled, they'll put it back on just without telling people. Okay. Yeah. So, what was your favorite thing about T.J. Hooker, and how did it end? Well, it ended um just another day in the life of Beat Cop. No, none of the none of the major characters. Oh, no fanfare. No, no. Fanfare. No, yeah, nothing, nothing. No fanfare, but a lot of fanfare. Oh yeah, they, they lot, were they wearing a lot of flair. Yeah, we all showed up in cop uniforms to watch. Uh, that was our flair. Uh, the, you know, my favorite thing about it was that it dealt with you know these Beat Cops got in on these really insane. They would bust prostitution rings. They would, you know, find drug smugglers. They dealt with like uh, one was a, you know, a blind lady was a witness to a murder, and he has oh, to solve oh. it. And uh, <laughs> like sneakers. And yeah, and the way he, the way he finds out she's blind is a typical like he's standing in front of her trying to talk to her. He's like, "Hey, look at me when I'm talking to you," and she's like, "I can't." And then, oh, you the know, most the, sensitive guy in the world. Uh, and then he and changes at the end of the episode. Does he? Ch- does he learn? Does he grow? He, he does. Yeah. He, That's so beautiful. He. Uh, and then the next week they did a deaf person. No, I'm kidding. They, <laughs> <laughs> they went through each. Each of oh, the different and there the was five a senses. Monkey, the five <laughs> yeah. senses. There was a monkey in in each episode. There was a monkey in one episode. Oh, there are. It was be. a total BJ and the Bear ripoff. Yeah, like it was. Uh, I, yeah, I remember they. It was like a tr- episode with a truckers union fighting right. off some 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 criminal because all the union that was at okay. the height of union corruption type stuff. Ah, there you go. And so. The I, there was an episode where they had a monkey and the monkey would you know stick its tongue out for his comic <laughs> relief and um, you know what monkeys they're great that's yeah. just great writing yeah um, it just it just lived lived up to the kind of like I don't want to say trash but kind of the, the what you would expect from something of that caliber where right. it a, a car would flip over and blow up you and know what year did that come out that was eighties eighty two to eighty six okay that was those were years I was not watching a lot of television so I don't I wasn't watching that but that it does sound kind of craptastic in the way that it the is things that are now that you know twenty years from now or whatever you're right. gonna be like. Well, and then, you know, 22 year olds will be like, I'm watching all of Castle, man. Yeah. Uh, from the start. From beginning, all of yeah. Bones. Yep. And, uh, Jag. It, it did, re- like, reignite me watch, trying to watch a lot of 80s stuff. Okay. Um, it got me watching Moonlighting. Oh, okay. Um, you know, the, the, the shows that are most interesting from the 80s have these, like, four year lifespans where there's a troubled production. TJ Hooker didn't seem to have, like, a troubled production. Okay. Uh, you know, outside of just moving it to. It was not, cr- I know that it was not critically acclaimed when no, I was No, very while, far while from it, it. Very far from it. But Moonlighting was. Very critically acclaimed. And then became audience acclaimed. I mean, it, it, like, the, the, I was looking at, like, what numbers used to be, and, like, the third mm-hmm. season was, like, a, like, it was in the top three, if not close yeah. to one and oh, like for sure you know and it was a it was kind of a self-aware show like in the sense yeah. that like you know it, it, the writing would often be very self-referential and stuff um but you know i i knew about it before watching it that um sybil had the uh had the showrunner fired at some point and the, the there's there an episode, some sort of drama yeah and there was an in the fourth season bruce willis and her weren't even there anymore oh. and they, i forget who replaced them but <laughs> it was two other actors and there's an episode I believe Bruce Willis gets her pregnant and she there's an episode that takes place the fetus from the fetus's point of view. 
Yeah, I, that's, I stopped watching it. Uh, yeah. I think I stopped watching it when they started, it, it was, I think referred to as the moonlighting effect where they, where they started making out. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, well, this is Jump the Shark, which is totally. a previous other, uh, yeah. it's just, it's, it's just a, uh, yeah. Snake eating its own tail. Exactly. And an earlier episode, fun, fa- fun game for the Rangers. Uh, at what episode did I refer to a snake eating its own leg? Uh, misspoke, misspoke. Um, oh, that's. A f- I, I don't know what uh, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but uh, oh, I do that all the time. Uh, that's a kind of a running gag between my friends and I. <laughs> yeah. uh, a few other comics. Is the misspeaking. Yeah, I have this thing where I I, I take idioms for a left turn, <laughs> like it really bad, and not on purpose. Yeah, no, not at all. No, what? no, this is not a this is not a, a thing that I am doing because I'm trying to recreate the wheel. Exactly. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, and one I did was, uh, and I don't think you recreate the wheel. I think you reinvent the wheel. Yes, that's exactly right. Do you think someone when you just said that? That was scratching their head. They're like, recreate. And then I wonder if she did that on purpose. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't. Drinking game. <laughs> do it. And then they, and then you answered and they were like, oh, good. God, I <laughs> second guessed myself. Right. A, a fair amount of this show is uh, spent. And I do get, I get long uh, emails from people going, well, these were the errors that were spoken. And then, and it was there. I don't mind them actually. No, it, at a show called The Dork Forest, it comes with the territory. It totally I think, comes you know? with the territory. And it's one of the, and I like it when people talk about something very specific and then I get yeah. like a nine paragraph thing from Quiet Mike, uh, or, or anybody, right? I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. And, or, um, or Loud Lisa, all of them. Loud Lisa, <laughs> Loud Lisa, not bad from Hong Kong. Yeah. And uh, she, uh, will write in and then I'll forward that to the person who was on the show and they'll be psyched. Because someone yeah. cared about the thing that they care about. Absolutely, like, especially with the, this, this specificity. The yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's always so keep them coming, people. Yeah. Do you got, you you got something do. about T.J. Hooker or something I missed? Send That's it my it. way. Send your favorite thing about T.J. Hooker, right. Todd Mason. What are you doing out there? Anyway, um, so it just ended is what you're telling me. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't because four seasons means that it doesn't go into syndication in 1982, right? Well, you, you know, gotta have five seasons. I thought. Well, it's it's a hundred episodes, but I believe. Yeah, they definitely didn't make the cut to a, a clean 100, but I know that, you know, Universal HD is like a weird, I don't know how much of syndication money that is. You know right. what I mean? Like, we're, we're kind of getting to the point now, cause I mean, since it's such a, an easy target right now, Entourage. Oh, right. I, I think that made it to 96 episodes on a technicality, okay. but like Spike TV, of course, started showing it and, uh. Cause it's manly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a I, man. I never watched Entourage cause I never thought it was for me. It's not. It's not for any of us. I don't know uh, who it's for, but I hope you're enjoying it. If you, it's for people who enjoy Maxim Magazine being a real life flip book. That's, <laughs> like, that's the best way I can describe it. You know what? And uh, all I have to quote is I'm listening to the Tina Fey book again. So she was talking about Maxim, and she was talking about how those women who pose on the cover of Maxim yeah. and they're pulling their underwear down with their like thumb, coily, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Isn't it enough that you got her on the page with, yeah. the, with her underwear? Why don't you? Why does she have to be pulling them down for you?" <laughs> that's a great and point. So that's a great point. And it made me try to, I googled men pulling their underwear down in ads. I found one soccer player and he was pulling his boxer briefs down with one thumb and I, I, I printed it or I, I copied it and then I cropped it to just the crotch shot and then <laughs> oh, I posted great. it on something. <laughs> that's perfect. That's, you know, I, I feel like anytime you see that, if, if it does ever pop up where a guy's doing it, yeah. there's this hint of, uh, irony or like, look, I'm doing the thing girls do. Right. <laughs> where you you're know? just like, uh, yeah. It's sexy too when I don't have to take off I, your underwear. I, you know, no? it remind, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take off your own damn underwear. It remind, the, the thing I hated the most in high school for that same reason was powder puff. You, oh. 
when when guys the Powerpuff Girls or well no oh, Powerpuff Girls that's, a Powerpuff you're thinking of. that's Cartoon Network that's Cartoon Network yeah. show this is uh, this is this would I would never want to see this on Cartoon Network <laughs> Powerpuff is when the cheerleaders play football and then the guys dress up in cheerleader the football players dress up in cheerleader uniforms oh I was deep in marching band uh, I'm pretty sure I was in debate class that was, when that was happening it was I witnessed it for a quarter of a far. game yeah for a quarter <laughs> of a game and I thought I'd How seen was enough. It? It was, you know, to me, it's just that whole thing of like, oh, look, we're, look at how fun this gender reversal is because yeah. these girls could never play football. And then, yeah, that's the worst. Uh, look because at me in a cheerleading uniform. Play football, yeah. Right? Cause oh, yeah. There was, there's a bunch of young women who are like, I, I, I want to tackle things and run things and, and blow up my knees. Yeah. Why am I not allowed to do that? There was a, in my high school, there was a girl who wanted to play on the boys' softball or a boys' baseball team. She didn't okay. want to play softball. She thought she was better. And, uh, you know, it made the news. She like did a news report about it. Yeah. And then, uh, somebody had told me that like kind of through back channels, uh, right. they were like, well, she just wasn't that good when they had, when they, oh, you know, okay. they, they were like, so she wasn't good enough to make the team to some extent. Yeah. That was the, the rumor around the block. But when you, when you come at something like that, and this was like 15 years ago, so that was already yeah. at the time, it was more hot button than it is now. Yeah. I feel like and so we're, well, not, uh, I guess it would be more hot button now. I guess more uncharted at that point. Right. That, that would make a splash regardless. Yeah. So it's, it's, it I think she was, newer. yeah. And she was, I think taking advantage of that okay you know? she was running it yeah it was almost like it, it almost was like female chauvinism hiding as feminism if that makes sense like she because a, a lot of the girls from the softball team felt very like well you're saying you're too good for us now too right so she was making everyone mad but the yeah. thing is, is she might have thought she was better than some of the she guys could've, on the team yeah she could so she was just like well i don't know why i can't even just fucking try out absolutely yeah and, no i mean i don't just she and, yeah. and i think they did let her try it the, the thing was they let her try out she didn't make the cut and i think at that point i, I don't know what really happened my least one of my least favorite premises there was a very very funny guy who opened for me a couple of weeks ago had a lot of very funny jokes but one of them was this dumb joke and i just don't like the premise because i because it's and maybe the premise would be the premise would be fine if there were great punchlines but the premise was how much he hated wnba and uh, wnba it's covered it's too easy everybody's done it absolutely and the angle is never anything yeah that, it's always that they get paid like 50 grand a year as opposed to 50 billion a year right and um the scoring isn't as great and sometimes uh the ball handling and and the ball ha- and the ball handling isn't as great either. No. And so once you say ball handling, of course, uh, that yeah. joke just writes itself. Yep. And unfortunately, it writes itself, guys. Yeah. Uh, work a little, keep writing. Uh, uh, but it it always feels like whoever's telling that joke uh, likes basketball a lot, mm-hmm. but um, is mad that the women playing those on those basketball teams are better than them. Sure. Like they're still better than you. I mean, you couldn't play on a women's basketball team because you would have your hat handed to you. Right. Right. So I think that's why you've written the bit. Is it, is it from that point of anger or keep writing and make it fucking funny? Yeah. I mean, you know, I very rarely, I, I feel like when I see people doing stuff that's been done already, it's yeah. either, it's either a point of ignorance or where they're just like, well, I, this is just my Super writing. New. Yeah. Yeah. Or. Yeah. Or they, they think they're going to be the one to crack the, the, you know, they think that they're the I'd one. I'd love like, to be the one to crack. I mean, and if someone can crack something yeah. that's been super covered, 
Uh, that'd be great. Prison rape. Who's got it? Who's right, got right. the angle? And that, that's tough because you gotta like tell people like, hey, you know that piece of bone or this, this chicken? There's no, you see it's all bone? Nope. Here's a piece of meat. Found one. You know, <laughs> and how rarely do you get that? You don't get it very often. That is the best analogy yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Well played, Eli Olsberg. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have, um, because I saw some interview, Guy Branham posted an interview with, um, Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart about Get oh, Hard. The funniest funny thing. The funniest funny thing. And that, then they were talking about uh, the prison rape uh, section. And Will Ferrell said yeah. that he didn't invent prison rape. And it's so that's it's just it's a norm. And so it's something that is sure. mocked. And you're like, well, that's great. Except for you should. I, I'd like to see it. I don't have a punchline either. But I read a thing not long ago. I went to donate blood. And in the questionnaire, it said, have you ever been incarcerated oh, for more I, than 72 hours? I have a bit about this. You do? Yeah, about, well, particularly in that if you are, um, if you're gay, you can't donate blood. Right. Which they just changed to, um, to now, I believe it's if you haven't had sexual contact with a male in the span of a year, you can now donate. Well, you have to be celibate for a year to donate blood? I guess so, yeah. I, you know, I just learned about this because I was doing the bit like a month ago. That is brutal. And, and a comic stopped me and was like, hey, I just found out it's like and a so year. You into it? I, I'm still looking into it you now. You should look into yeah, it because I, I think I've heard about that it's been an issue. Yeah, and I think that's ridiculous because almost any guy who's been in high school right there, it sh- doesn't count. Right. You know? Right, like, right. Like it's, almost, almost everybody has had some sort of experience. Right. So it's, yeah. So I, I think that's like a But not very, everybody. You don't have to have had one. Yeah, and if it's you okay. haven't had one, it's fine. You're not You're a bad good. person. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You um, don't have to dash out and find some guy. Though, to- though, go live your life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Yeah, come on. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I, uh, that scene, have you, did you see the movie? I would, no. It's a, te- it's a terrible movie. Right. Um, I heard there were some funny scenes in it and yeah. for the most part it was, uh, super dumb. It wasn't very good. And it, that's, you know, he's saying funny is funny. My argument is, well, then it wasn't funny. Right. You right. know, and, and then his argument on top of that was, well, critics don't like my movies. And it's oh, like, he did say that he's never been critically acclaimed. Yeah. Which with m- a certain amount of pride. Yeah. And, but it just, it's, you know, it's that whole argument of punching up and punching down, right? Sure. Well, you know, critics are not kind to comedy in general. They rarely get nominated for Oscars. I mean, the past five years, it's been kind of just started like a Sometimes thing. Sometimes my home phone rings. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's not ever let's hear it. First caller. <laughs> Uh, yeah. wait, oh, so we were talking, yeah, funny is funny. And, um, you know, I, I mean, uh, critics panning comedies isn't, a, you know, I, it rarely will dissuade me from seeing a movie. Like if I'm on Metacritic, for example, or something, I, I rarely <laughs> will go based on what critics have to say, but comedies, it'll especially dissuade me. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing, the only reason I even look on websites like that is to see if there's like a, a movie that kind of came out under the radar that I missed that is getting very well reviewed. Okay. You know, it, it's like, for example, it, it usually for documentaries, it'll get me more amped to want to see them in theaters. Oh, if, that's if I go on like Metacritic, because documentaries I'll watch at home all the time, but like when Citizen Four came out, when you saw, when I just saw how well reviewed it was. What it, is it? Citizen Four is the documentary about Edward Snowden. Oh, okay. Um, and the, the woman and the man that he contacted to meet him in Moscow. Oh, okay. And the, these people made a entire documentary about it. I and saw it, the Avengers, uh, three times and I saw Mad Max twice. Oh, I've seen, yeah, Mad so, Max. Uh, I'm still working on trying to see it a third time, Mad Max. It's so Oh, I will perfect. be purchasing Mad Max. Absolutely. I saw it, by the way, I saw it in 3D the second time 
and well done. Yes, I could, t- I, I could tell I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna see it next time it's in 3D. You just he, remind me because. It is, it is only a handful of times that he uses it. But you, it's very prevalent. Even and in the 2D beautiful. cut, like when the guitar pops at the screen, yeah. I remember during the big explosion. That's the greatest, uh, scene in the 3D. But when, the other times he does use it, he's, it's not gratuitous. It's Absolutely. not Avatar. It's not, uh, I'm like, calm yourself. As it shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah exactly. You should use it with, with, yeah, like all, every other filmmaking in, tool. Yeah, in moderation. <laughs> Balance and moderation is the key to filmmaking and a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> and moderation in everything, including moderation. Exactly. Uh, my father-in-law used to oh, say. Oh, that's a very, that's very meta. Yeah, that's, that's super meta, as he would have his breakfast beer. And so, God bless you. Yeah. So, uh, the, what I will say about, about the, the, I read an article that if you've been in jail for longer, and, I, and then when I went to donate blood, if you've been in jail for longer than 30, 72 hours. Um, you cannot donate blood. And you're like, so if you know what's happening in the 70th hour, fucking fix it. Right. Right. I mean, there's, there's gotta be a punchline there. All I have so far is, uh, is hilarious rage. Yeah. Uh, Hilarious (laughs) rage is not going to cut it. (laughs) Well, it's just that, you know, what happens if, if it's a weekend and the booking just took a day longer, right? You know, like, like, all of a sudden you have gotten anally raped. Yes. Is what you're telling me is happening. I, 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 the logic to those things. Well, this is the main, the biggest flaw in that entire questionnaire is it's based on the honor system. Right. You can check them out. Yeah. And no one would be the wiser because it also says if you've ever used a needle. Right. If you've ever, which uh, I get the logic, but in, in, in theory, but in when it's executed, it doesn't, it's still, there's so many flaws. Right. Right. It could fall apart at any, any number of levels. But I think that, I think that questionnaire is dirtier than any needle. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I also just heard an NPR driving around. I heard a, 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 it was a story, a, a news story about, the money in blood donating in in blood donating yeah, my, is that yeah. oh sorry go ahead oh i just i i need to look it up on npr cuz i don't have enough information about yeah. it but go ahead the what i was going to say was my mom is a huge uh, like very much against like not blood donations but anything that involves money with charity she she would rather to her the logic is it it should all be items based not money based like the donations should all be things because she thinks that money just it's a way for people to hemorrhage things she's like okay so i i understand her heart's in the right place but yeah. you know i mean that's I, that's actually slightly flawed in my opinion i, I agree Whole, whole, because wholeheartedly it, because it's just hard to distribute that kind of stuff and to it fulfill is. those because yeah. if you donate to a food bank you can bring food and that's great yeah but if you give them a hundred dollars like you could buy a hundred dollars in food and bring it to the, to yeah. the food bank, or you could uh, donate a hundred dollars and they have deals with like grocery stores where they get yes, and then they, they can get four times that amount. Yeah, and 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 the whole reason they do it that way is because everybody, including the person donating, it all becomes a tax thing. You know, people right. people want tax breaks, and yeah. so I, I don't. Yeah, I disagree with it, but I, I understand where the where the anger where the frustration so, comes. from. I think from. there's something there, but yeah. but but sweeping it doesn't work out. I, I agree. But she lives in Florida. Right? Yeah, exactly. She does. She does. She's a good woman. She's a good woman, but <laughs> good in a, woman. In, in a bad place Good geographically. Woman. Let's talk about Sweet and Low just oh, because she lives in, in, yeah, yeah. in Florida. We haven't <laughs> That's really. Great. <laughs> it's the best segue That's like ever. a perfect. We're like 45 minutes. Yeah. You get to talk about TJ Hooker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we'll, we'll speed through these. We'll speed no, through no, these. I just, I want to make sure you get at least something. So, uh, Sweet and Low. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's made out of cancer. But That's you so, love that, it. so they say. 
So they say, but apparently there was an, I, I researched this very heavily because California, especially, this isn't really a problem. Whenever I'm on the road, I've noticed this hasn't been a problem. Sweet and low is very readily available or one of, or one of its, <laughs> or one of its redheaded, pink headed stepchildren, you know, sweet yeah. thing or something. Oh, um, you know the name. It's, oh yeah. I've Cause been you're pro, the, you're pro, you're pro pink fake sugar. Yes. Okay. Well, and here's why it tastes very good. Some people disagree. They think it has a metallic taste. I don't. Okay. Um, but between equal... Yeah, um, some people like blue. Yeah, some people like blue. Some people like yellow. Splenda, that's a big Splenda. one. That and then big. now Stevia, the green one. Okay. Um, well, for those of you who don't know, a lot of people are like, well, why don't you put regular sugar? Sugar doesn't dissolve in iced tea. I'm an iced tea nut. Okay. Especially black iced tea. Love it. You like a black tea with sugar. Yes. Or what was sweet and low. Sweet and low. Because it dissolves evenly and beautifully and spreads out very lovely. Exactly. Yes. It's also super concentrated, so you don't need that much. Right. Exactly. You're right. right? A, you, a, a packet usually will cut it in like a, a, a eight ounce. Uh, what's the, the, yeah, about a packet and a half goes in a venti in Starbucks. Okay. Uh, so a like 20. A 20 ounce. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's about, so about a packet and a half goes well. Okay. Um, you can even get by with a packet, actually. Okay. It's, so it depends on just how much. Right. What if they're out? Okay. Kind of, yeah. Well, that brings me to the next point, which is what, when you we were talking topics, um, I always carry my own sweet and low in the car. Um, I keep like a, I will get usually like, I have like 20 in a little, um, in the center console. In the center console, just loose. Yeah, because there's. They're not in a, they're not in a baggie or anything? No, they're okay. loose because that, that, that is a dedicated console. <laughs> it really is. And I, because I go to, well, I'm sure, um, when, if, if you're doing shows at like the improv or let's say the pleasure chest or yes. a, anywhere in like the West Hollywood area, usually you end up at, at a diner afterwards, depending okay. on who you go to eat with. Yep. But it's usually comics will go a lot to diners mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. not a single diner. I think only the only one diner in town actually has sweet and low. Oh, really? Yeah. Of the three and, and Cantor's Deli also has it. But aside from them, Cantor's Deli has the worst coffee in the world though. So, uh, yeah, a I friend recommend... of mine sent his back. I just went last week. It doesn't help. Uh, you could send a pack and say, don't bring me anything. That's what, uh, yeah. That's he just got water related. and yeah. yeah, just water. I free. He got water and I think like, uh, something with alcohol because he was just like the coffee didn't cut it. The coffee is gin and Jerry's Deli actually has terrible coffee as well. Jerry, <coughs> excuse me. Jerry's, you see how incensed I am? <laughs> Jerry's Deli is terrible. I don't like them at all. I think they're way more expensive. Then they deli, have any right to be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, everything's not cooked to its. I don't know. I don't know how much you know the valley, but there's a beautiful uh, d- d- diner. There's a there, uh, Jerry's. You mean or no? Uh, oh. Called Magnolia Grill with oh, an E. I've been grilled there. with an E, right over there on Magnolia, just east of Coanga. Oh no, I know where you're talking about though. There you I go. Know it ma- okay, it's okay. kind of a dirt baggy looking area. They're trying to gentrify it. Call mm-hmm. it NoHo. And so about six blocks in west, it's working out. Magnolia and, and Kowank. Yes, I know exactly. Okay, I was yeah. trying to picture it. It's very close to like the Lemley NoHo, but a little more. Yeah, but up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, or further east. Oh actually. yeah, there's and like then, a Walgreens there. No, well, there's Walgreens further yeah. further west. Uh, I'm north, getting to know the valley. Yes, north on Kowanga yeah. is the greatest bookstore in the world called the Iliad. Oh, that still exists. Oh yeah, I, 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 that that always gets written. Chandler and Kowanga. Whenever you um. If you read like, you know, whenever LAist or anyone puts in like a bookstores, uh, or, or places to hang out, Iliad always, always makes the cut. Yeah, yeah, usually. they used to be right next to the Odyssey video store. Did that close? Uh, no, but they moved. Oh, cause Odyssey's still there. That's on like Lankersham and, and uh. And Vineland, that fucked up intersection yeah, of Yeah, which Cam- makes Camarillo. no sense. Yeah. And yeah. like a blockbuster used to be there and now became like a, I think a pet store. Well, what I liked was that the Odyssey video was next to the Iliad bookstore. Yeah. And then next to it, there was a, uh, 
I wanted, there was an abandoned restaurant that is turning into something. I forget what. Called Homer's? I wanted to be called, uh, the Aeneid. Oh, God. I wanted to open a, a Greek restaurant called the Aeneid, but, uh, it turns out I don't have that kind of, uh, uh, a talent, uh, <laughs> to open a restaurant. I don't know if that would, that would fly in the valley, you know? Oh, now it would. Yeah, now it's getting, it it's getting cool in that mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Yep. I used to spend a lot of time there because when my first year in comedy, I did the haha cafe a lot for open mics. My, uh, co- my condolences. They, yes. Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, a mess. Yes. I, and... they just moved. Oh, did they move? Two blocks over. It's ridiculous. Wait, are they still in the shim? They're still on the shim, yeah, but closer to the Toyota dealership. Oh, they went down. Mm-hmm. All right, that's but weird. But they didn't go down, if you know what I mean. Uh, They're still no. standing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is everyone excited about the super regional chat that we just yeah. had about stand-up comedy in Los Angeles? I'm so glad you addressed it. I was like, you know, I'm, I, but because I thought maybe I'm like maybe she just has a strong LA base. <laughs> I have a fair, a fair enough, but uh, I think we're done. I think we've yeah. covered yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good one. Let's talk. Uh, um. I like the idea because you you do like a brick and mortar video store. I do, I so, do. I still. It's very heartbreaking that Rocket Video closed, which was the, the closest one to me. I live like on the West Hollywood Hollywood border. So you you have physical DVDs and CDs. I do. Yes, I don't have as big of a collection as I used to, just because of uh, like because you moved or something. Y- yeah, yeah, and and I still have a lot of them at home, uh, like back in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of being here. Even when I was in school here and like going to college, I would always get like an extra 200 bucks in my student loans to just kind of treat myself throughout the year for DVDs, you know, things to like keep me busy. You ruined it for everyone. Oh, yes, I and know. Then, was it, is it VHS though? Did you ever collect VHS? Well, that'll be the next one that we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, I, well, while I'm here in LA, I, I bought mostly, it's, it's actually how I bought Moonlighting. I got it used at Amoeba for like seven bucks the first season. Oh, nice. You know, yeah, it was, I, the, I got the, all four seasons of Battlestar, I think, collectively used for 35 bucks. The DVDs? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was because they have like an as-is section where the DVDs still work, but it's just like the boxes are scuffed. and uh, Right, and uh, but they make sure that the DVDs yes. work? Yes, okay. yeah, 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 they guarantee them. So although I think the as-is, that's the whole thing is you're paying for the damage. Right. You know, um, and I... I, yeah, I enjoy the pro, I would always, I always budget at least an hour to just kind of hang and look around to see if there's something that I haven't found or something that I just forgot to watch. I do like to watch things on DVD versus you know? streaming because you can fast forward, you yep. can rewind, there's always a DVD extra that was, is not on the streaming. Yeah, and commentary I think, I, I personally still find as a fascinating thing if it's something I really enjoyed. Right, and what, sometimes it's terrible. Yeah, it can be very boring and like uh, clearly yeah. sound bites and whatnot, but like, I, I know with like, uh, you know, Fight Club when that first came out mm-hmm. as a, as a callback to our discussion, yeah. it it that was like a two disc package that had like an incredible amount of features and like really breaks down that and and that movie was like considered a flop when it came out theatrically. So you really get to see how people approach this movie. Okay, and then now that it's kind of built its status where there's you know because at the time it was kind of uh, there were Did so it, many. Was movie- it not a, a success in the theater? No, I mean it oh, made I did not know that worldwide it made a hundred million, which is 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 a Successful. lot of money. But the yeah. budget was like sixty five million. Art Linson, who who greenlit it, had to like leave Fox. Oh um, wow! It was like a very big kind of a mess in a lot of ways. I mean, because a hundred million, you still have to figure prints and ads and all those. Like it, you know, sixty five was just the budget of the movie. Oh okay. And then theaters still keep a decent amount of that. You know, they they didn't break even theatrically, from my understanding. But it had such a big. DVDs, like it was one of the yeah. highest selling DVDs at the time that they totally, it bought them into, into profit. And, and the movie obviously became like kind of 
academia. And My favorite story is that I got to meet Chuck. What's his face? Oh, I met him too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Polinick? Yeah, Polinick. Uh, how was your experience? It was, well, I met him in Miami. Okay. It was, it was part of a signing. He, uh, was doing for the book Haunted and okay. he threw fake body parts into the crowd and I actually caught a foot. And I used it as a, <laughs> I, I used it as a prop a year later, mm-hmm. uh, in a, uh, in a, sh- in a sketch we made for a, a grindhouse competition. All right. That got featured on Ain't It Cool News. So that's a brag. That is a brag. My brag is I was doing, here's the braggy part. I was doing a PRI show, uh, in, in Portland, Oregon for Bridgetown and he was on it as well. Oh, he and- is there, right? He, I think so. Yeah. And so I said, hi, it's nice to meet you. I, I love your work. And he said, is there wine? And that was our interaction. And I said, pretty sure they'll get you some wine if you need it. So this was in the past few years. Oh, it was six weeks ago. Interesting. Weeks oh, ago. oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, it was oh. a couple of weeks ago. And, and I, and I, I, I met him just in passing in the yeah. green room. Yeah. I, I wonder what he's like. Yeah. That, that's cause that was interesting. Like when I met him, he was, it was supposed to be at a bookstore signing. Yeah. He was there casually hanging out apparently. Like oh, we good. didn't know it was him and he would, anyone who approached, he would have a conversation with. But then when we got to the, the community college that they moved this to because the event was like sold out, they wanted to put more butts in seats. Right. He, um, he actually came outside to the line and just started signing all our books there and taking pictures right there and was like, this is so that way there's less of a wait afterwards. But oh, he, nice. at the end of his talk, he read a passage from the book and then he said, listen, he goes, don't turn into animals in this line. Don't like cut each other. Don't get mad that one person jumped in front of me. He goes, I'll stay till four in the morning if I have to. And I have, it's on record. That is awesome. Yeah. He like really, it's very, you know, he, that was he very important. He's super to him. professional. Yeah. But in the green room, that was he interesting. A yeah. Glass of wine. Yeah. That was, <laughs> I think he, interesting desire. He, it was, and I have been just, but it is my favorite story right now just because I love it when it is, you meet it's a great, people. Yeah. And they're in a weird headspace. And he wasn't rude or anything. He sure. was perfectly nice, but it was a weird thing to say. Who did I? Yeah. I, that happens sometimes with like, I feel like that happens with kind of comedians that you don't know, but you've, you know a lot about. And then you end up in an interesting conversation with oh, them. Oh, right. The, the, the first couple of lines of, of any yeah. conversation where, like, I think I did, Louis C.K. didn't remember me, uh, but I worked with him. Uh, a week at Acme in Minneapolis several years ago. And then about a year and a half, two years ago, I emceed with him and Tom Papa at the improv. Oh. And so we're standing at the bar at the improv and, uh, and he says, so do you live here or New York? And I said, I live here. I, I, I'm going to New York next month or something like that. And he goes, Oh, and I said, do you live in New York? And he goes, I live in New York. And I just looked at him. I said, so we'll probably hang out a lot when I go to New York. <laughs> And there was this dead silence, and I was like, "Kidding, kidding. Was, it's okay, buddy. That's great. Oh wow! <laughs> and, but we're all slightly Aspergersy, you know. We're all oh, absolutely, and yeah. So I didn't expect. I don't expect to be friends with Louis C.K. He sure, doesn't know I'm, me from a hole in the wall. Of course. I mean, I, I, I which it makes me sound like yeah. a sexual object, a hole in the wall. I understand he sticks his penis. In yeah. <laughs> so whatever. Um. Yeah. I've every time I've had, I always. Don't know how to interact the first few. It's like you're saying, there's kind of like this, you have to just wait for, there's no substitute for time. And you yeah. just have to let the 15 minutes pass. Right, and then right. eventually you're, you're just on common ground. Right. Then you're just uh, comics talking to each other um, at a certain level. Sorry, I deterred. We yes. were talking about, you'd asked about VHS. So yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll segue us into Let's the other do topic. That. So I used to, in high school, when I got my first job, which was working at a movie theater, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. uh, I would use the money to, I was in a, 
a friend of mine introduced me to this in a, a Yahoo group online. Okay. Yahoo groups were a little more effective then, and now no one cares about them. Well, because there weren't there weren't uh, anything yeah, there weren't else, a lot of really. exactly, yeah. and and but they it was were a very forum, right? niche. Yeah, yeah, they were very niche and super um, specific. Very much, yeah, and like. And some of them, I remember I saw one group that had, you know, seven people in them, but mm-hmm. the conversations were happening daily. Yeah. And I, um, and those probably are, people are probably still friends. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, there was a group that I joined for tape trading, VHS trading. Right. For movies that were not released in the U.S. or had no kind of, uh, legal bounds in the U.S. Okay. There's a, there's a protection called the Burn Act, um, okay. B-E-R-N, where, um, if it's not registered in the U.S. for copyright, it's considered public domain. Oh, okay. So legally, we were all trading these VHSs of movies and it was okay. that were, and it was okay. And it was movies that exist that were primarily produced in Europe or Asia or or anywhere so else. They were just subtitled, or some were subtitled, some were dubbed, some were okay. some were. I mean, American productions that were just made in Europe. Oh, okay. You know, they because they, the money was easier, right? Um, and, uh, cause they pre-sell the territories there and stuff. So they make their money back while they're making it. Okay. And, uh, and like, what did you, you end up getting? Oh, so many. I, you get a lot of producer's cuts that way. Halloween six, which was the worst one, the curse yeah. of Michael Myers, <laughs> um, with Paul Rudd in his first movie oh. introduced as Paul Steven Rudd. Oh, okay. Uh, the, uh, that I got that. Um, I got a lot of, um, like a lot of Italian directors, Joe D'Amato, who's just, who's like equal parts filmmaker and pornographer. Literally. Oh, wow. That's not, that's not like a, an insult. That is like literally his two <laughs> that jobs. That's what he is doing. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, I, I, I remember Cannibal Holocaust for a while didn't exist here. What is Cannibal Holocaust? It was a, Besides fake... what it's obviously. Yes. <laughs> a, a group of filmmakers go to the, uh, uh, documentary filmmakers, they found, it's, it was Blair Witch before Blair Witch. Okay. Um, but, but it, in the movie at the beginning, they find this footage from, uh, an ex, something in, that was shot in South America. Where okay. this documentary film crew found a, 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 tri- a tribe. Found? Yeah. They, they'd quote, never, they, yeah. They had never seen this tribe before. Okay. And the tribe were like cannibals and, and eventually the three filmmakers get, get killed. And, right. And eaten. And, and eaten. The, the footage is found and they Spoiler decide alert. to, yeah. They decide oh. to destroy the footage. Oh, okay. Uh, or never show it again. I know one of the two. It's not a very enjoyable movie, but at the time it was considered there's like a very iconic shot. Well, that word's a compliment, but of a, <laughs> of a, of a person impaled through a pole where the, their, the pole was coming out of their mouth. Like they were hung. Oh, okay. Uh, so, and that was the first time that was done? Cause there's some amazing work being done with the makeup. Yeah, and... with, with mockumentaries yeah, and yeah. found footage. I, I don't know if it was the first, but it definitely was one of the more prolific ones at the time that influenced a lot of like horror directors and, and of, you of think now. Of that? Ken, what, uh, who do, who does the, famously does a lot of the makeup and, and. Oh, K and B effects. Okay. Is and... that Greg Nicotero and, and Howard Berger and I forget the third no, guy. No, I was thinking of a guy named Ken, but it doesn't matter. Oh. Uh, could be anybody. He does makeup for horror movies? Uh, he did a long time ago. Uh, and, uh, or science fiction. Tom Savini, Rob Botton. Wow. Here's what I like to see at 56 minutes. Yeah. That you got some deep, deep knowledge. Yeah. Uh, Ken, why? Uh, Cause I feel like I should know matter. this. It doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. Oh, it matters but, uh, to me. Oh, it matters and we will figure but, it out. But, uh, yeah. So I was in, me. I was in a group and I traded a lot of tapes and, yeah. uh, um, I remember the interesting thing about it was it happened. I got into this just about around the time of 9-11. So my mother would inspect every package first for anthrax. Oh, well. <laughs> right. And male security was a bee. 
was a bit of a bitch. Yeah. Because, uh, it was very you were like, like, I have some weird horror porn that I was, yeah, I'm, I'm like, this is just, yeah, this is, uh, this and is how old were you? Like 16 or 16. Yeah. yeah. And so. I, 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 sometimes they would trade movies that were, because you weren't selling them. Yeah. Technically, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, dub, technically dubbing them is illegal. Okay. The, you know, recording them, but very rarely was that an issue. Well, there's a store in town that I was buying Dragon Ball Z, um, and that was clearly illegal. I was buying D- Dragon Ball oh. Z VHS from Japan. Mm-hmm. They, that, they, that, yeah. And they had stacks of them. They there just, was, <laughs> there dubbing. Was a, there was a place in South Florida that did this too. They had the, uh, they had the Fantastic Four movie from the nineties, the bad, oh, okay. the, I believe it's a Corman one. Um, I think Robert Hack sent me that on DVD. It has to it. be seen to be believed. It's, uh, there's, there's also, he also sent me as a Doctor Strange TV movie. Yep. And a bunch of other Marvel stuff that is, uh, oh, exceptionally yeah. bad. It but, was, I mean, did you ever see the Dolph Lundgren Punisher? No, I never did. Oh, so bad. I so saw bad. that. I saw that on film in a few years ago at New Beverly. They had a Dolph Lundgren film fest. Now, are you a Punisher fan? Um, not really. Me it's, neither. You know, it's to me, it's people just, like it. Yeah, because it's 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 revenge. It's yeah, it's revengey and and it's it's anger management. Yeah, though, but without the management, right? <laughs> and he initially was introduced as a villain because in the Marvel world, he was seen as like a that tactic was seen as like a bad thing right like, to like kill people because yeah. you're judge jury and executioner. and now executioner yeah yeah so i do recommend and pat oswalt made a huge push for this movie when it came out um punisher war zone really and What's this that? is the uh, it, it was made in 2008 it flopped very hard i don't even think it made like 10 million here mm-hmm. um it was a sequel to the punisher with thomas jane which was a very boring movie okay and um, this one is, was directed first off by a woman. Uh, okay. It's very important. A, a stunt woman named Lexi Alexander who did a great job. Cinematography looks great. The stunts, I better remember. Stunts are fantastic. Mm-hmm. But here's, there's two problems with it. It's not a good script. It's just, it's very by the numbers. Okay. And it is so disgusting. There is a scene, I mean, Jigsaw, the way he's made in that movie, okay. he falls in a glass crusher <laughs> and just, just literally drowns in glass. <laughs> And I mean, it's, it's a hard art. Why do I? Yeah. Right. Yeah. In, in Roger Ebert's review for that, he said, you used to be able to count on a bad movie being poorly made. He's like, not anymore. He's like, the Punisher is very well made, well shot, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but its problem is it's disgusting. It's just disgusting. And he's right. It's such a graphic movie. I mean, a character gets blown up with a rocket launcher, not even the villain, just right. a random character that was doing parkour suddenly gets a rocket shot at him and he gets split <laughs> in half. Well, that is that is a plug, you guys. Yep. But it is a plug that uh, I'm willing to go with. Yeah, Eli Olsberg, It's been an hour. It's been uh, a good time. It we is, missed the cannon. I know we missed the cannon. We'll come back. We'll talk to you about uh, Charles Bronson and Chuck Norris movies, and uh, and that and the dis- distribution and production company Canon Films. And uh, but I'll have you back on awesome. about that, Eli Olsberg. Great, great. At Eli Olsberg on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr and everything you ever wanted to follow him around. Go to the Vans Warped Tour this summer, mm-hmm. and you can see him do stand-up comedy. He's a great comic, you guys. Uh, so get Thanks. out there. Thanks, and- Jackie. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. You are welcome. Take care of each other out there. Okay, bye. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?